0: Good evening, and welcome to Screams from the Grave. Cool. And this week, we're going to be talking about another excellent Lost Classic. Megadeth, so far, so good. So what? Pass me the needle. <laughs> <Whoops>. <laughs>
1: that that was a loaded statement when you're referring to that album, buddy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that
2: was. That was God, oh, what yeah, what vinyl the... do you not have? Uh,
0: The village people. I don't. Yeah, I definitely don't have the village people.
2: Every time we do a show, you're whipping out the vinyl, showing off.
0: Well, because this is all stuff I like a lot.
3: Wait, says the guy with the friggin' nobody beats the whiz behind his uh, head. Come on.
2: That is true, actually. That's where a lot of these have come from. Yes,
3: Uh... (laughs) I mean I got a china cabinet behind me. At least you know I eat off plates. I mean, come on,
2: (laughs) I eat off CDs. What's wrong with that? Uh... Depends on what CD. (laughs) Touche. But Craig, you must have some awesome uh, record collection. I mean, just every week you're just showing off.
0: I don't have as many as other people I know, but I've got everything I have for the most part is way rarer than (laughs) what a lot of people have. Like, for example, I've probably only got about maybe 510 of them altogether. My my buddy's got over like 2,000, but what I have is worth like 15 grand more than his because of all the ridiculous death metal records and shit I have.
3: (laughs) Ah, so it's all about quality, not quantity. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I get
0: the stuff I really like, and some of that shit is really obscure. But um, I'm at a point in my life where I do occasionally like a few new bands, but for the most part, I'm happy just listening to what I like the most over Mm -hmm. and over again.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's all that matters. Uh, Actually, a guy in my route, uh, he... I constantly bring him records every single day, and, and he comes to the door the other day, and he goes, hey, have you ever heard of Discogs? I was like, yeah, of course I have. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, now he knows Discogs, so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to get more and <laughs> more and <Yeah>. more. Because <laughs> yeah. you get a lot of good deals on there. But he's a cool guy. He's he's insane. He's got a lot of, lot of records. Um. So what's today's album? Who picked today's album, by the way?
1: Why,
0: John. Did, and, did, well, I, did I really... I think it was a joint well, joint conversation. It was, it was kind of collaborative, but um, yeah. your passion for this record really inspired me, and it yeah. really made me want to do this, actually. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Passion Although, for this record. yeah, record? Yeah. Really? All right,
0: good. Yeah, I love it.
1: Good. My favorite Megadeth record.
0: Hands really? down. And I I, wow. I love it as well, but I wouldn't quite go that far, but when he gave me his reasoning, I have to say I, I agree with the majority yeah. of it. Interesting, and, 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 Lou, and I, I don't
1: consider it their best album now. I will add no. that caveat, but I consider it my favorite
2: album. Interesting, and Lou, yeah. in our chat, you said that you don't remember this album being as good as it was.
3: No, um, and I admitted to the guys that my biases led me towards more towards Rust in Peace. Mm-hmm. Um, that's actually in my top ten favorite metal albums of all time. So. I rediscovered um So Far So Good So What as per John's recommendation and just listening to it, to it again, it's it's so much better than I remember it, which is funny because the version I heard is the remastered version which I absolutely despise. Oh, god.
2: Yes, god damn.
3: But again, it's like if you could cut through the bad remix, remaster, whatever you call it, I call it retardation of good music. Um <laughs> I won't it's got to it. It's got some classic, classic Mustaine written anthems on it. So it's and... it it's 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 the how would I say it? It's the black sheep in the Megadeth uh. family because you know, it doesn't have Samuelson and Poland, and it doesn't have Menza and 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 Friedman. And those are the two uh lineups that people most associate with Megadeth. It's got uh-huh. Beeler and Young. Who people wonder who the fuck are they? But hmm. as as an album, it's a great it's a it's a it's a great find. Yeah. I have an interesting aside about Young too, because he was
1: on my friends list on Facebook and he's no longer there because of a comment I made. <laughs> <laughs> We like. We like. Well, the front, the funny thing was, I thought I was being hilarious, and then he called me a jackass in, in on the comment, and I thought that he was in on the joke, and I, so I just laughed at his comment of calling me a jackass, and then he removed
3: me from his business. list. <laughs> wow, you must have really triggered him.
1: Yeah, I have. I, I don't even remember what it was anymore. But anyway, see you later, pal. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, hey, look at the bright side. At least you're in good company. Ms. Dane hates him too. <laughs> no,
1: no, it was completely innocent. I mean, I was a joke. It was literally a joke that I intended, but he did not get the joke.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I'll get him on the show. We can uh, make up. Well, yeah,
1: smooth it out. Yeah. It out.
0: <laughs> Sorry, uh, Jeff.
2: You... Sorry, Jeff. Sorry, <laughs> Jeff. What were you saying, Greg? You want to chime in with something?
0: I, I don't remember that was like yeah, 2 remember. minutes ago dude. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm um, trying to oh, get moved re- oh, re- way past you, it. You, you were talking about mm. the horrible remix from 2004. Yes. I wanted to say um for everyone out there, you know, if you don't want to track down an original and you want to hear it with the best sound that I've heard but you don't want to pay ridiculous money for a Japanese press, the Capitol Vault series that they did about 3 years ago, they went back to the original recordings. And just cleaned it up and remastered it from that sounds amazing.
2: It's on CD. Um, I don't know. (laughs) Well, where would you get it? It's (laughs) it's it's on record. I don't. (laughs) Oh, so they remastered it and put it on a record then?
0: Yeah, I I believe they did do CDs of it too. Yes, it's called the (laughs) Capital. It's called the Capital Vault series. I'm pretty sure they did both.
2: (laughs) What were we saying, John?
1: Oh, sounding fantastic is one thing that you never hear about this album very often, especially <laughs> from the band. But no, compared to compared to the first two albums, in my opinion, yes, it does sound fantastic. But that I, I'm now I'm really? now so? I'm triggering Greg. Yeah, yeah, uh, Me too. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was underwhelmed by the first two Megadeth albums. I mean, it, it, when I think when I think back on it, and I've done a bit of thinking about it now, you know, considering what we're doing here right now, but. uh, I mean, when I think about the albums that came during the first two albums like that, that I can consider superior are usually pretty vastly superior. And I don't think Megadeth really started to find their footing until this album. This is where they started to move towards towards the sound where they, you know, gained their most notoriety for sure to, with Countdown for Extinction and rusted and peace I mean those those are probably the albums that get name checked the most as favorites by most of the most fans that I listen that, that I hear anyway but mm-hmm. well, and you uh, know peace sells from all of us that are cool
2: and, you know, yeah. so.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I mean there was production issues with those first two albums the first two albums i I look at it as in stages I mean that was the angry, pissed off Mustang he, he wanted his revenge against. Metallica, and he came out guns blazing and really fast, heavy. He wanted to wreck the house, basically. That's that's that, that's the way those albums come across to me. And and it's with so far that you start seeing a refinement of 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 his music that were were to, the songs were more. Song based, they were becoming more musical per se, less about the bombast, less about cranking you over the head, or, or or pitting you pitting your ears back with speed, and more about nuance and and you know and and going to different different places that they hadn't gone before. And that's when I really started to enjoy them. Now there's mistakes with the album; the album's flawed for sure, but that that was what appealed to me. And it came in '87, which was a transitional year. I think we kind of talked about the last time we discussed stuff and 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 my tastes were changing but i mean this was the, this album really grabbed my ear at that time and the next two albums i think they launched them to the pinnacle of their particular brand right. of music mm-hmm. but and there's reasons for that too we're like we're getting into the musicians and the production and the quality of the songs and being still very very te- technically minded and progressive but song oriented a lot more um, a lot more riff oriented uh, a lot more um, chug or a groove especially with countdown for for extinction and you you see that before on in, in earlier stuff and like on this album you have a couple of songs that lean towards groove within my darkest hour and mary jane of course or the more slower paced songs uh, i'm going to let somebody else talk for a little bit but uh, i do i do have issues with the album so if we want to get into
0: knocking it uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll i'll get somebody else that. start that we'll yeah. Get, yeah yeah uh, great go ahead um, love this record. Uh, my third favorite. <laughs> mm. Um, but, um, th- th- this one is, it's funny because I think this one is darker and angrier than P sells is like you, you can tell he was in a really bad spot right here. The brown but, Um, <laughs> as, as much as I love this record, you know, when I, first heard it i was a little bit disappointed because this is more all about dave he doesn't have someone like poland and samuelson here to kind of give him a dichotomy and balance it out um it's funny you should mention that though because elson does
1: take a pretty huge hand in writing this album his name is on at least half of the
0: album i'm pretty sure and he and his name is on nothing prior I don't oh know no, I mean. yeah, no, this is very much the Dave and Dave album. Um, yeah, it is actually very bass heavy, come to think of it. But, um, the production on this one has always kind of bothered me. But, um, as much as I love the first two records and Wake Up Dead, this is my favorite Megadeth opening ever Into the Lungs of Hell into set the world fire is yeah. just amazing one of the set, best metal albums set the world on fire is yeah one of my favorite metal songs ever and you know i used to i got the first three all at the same time and because of how dark this one sounded one of my favorite things used to do would be to get high throw this on and watch videos of (laughs) nuclear explosions, because it goes perfectly (laughs) together, which sounds really fucked up, but it was pretty awesome.
3: I wonder if that was available um, at your local Nobody Beats the Wiz, along with Wayne's CD collection.
0: (laughs) Video of nuclear (laughs) explosions?
3: Jeez. Yeah, Yeah. You could buy
0: those? (laughs) I I used to have videos of a lot of historical stuff. Most of it was just tests that You know reels of tests the Soviets and the Americans did around World War II and the Cold War, shit like that. Stuff stuff to keep showing up. In got some movies. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I I wish there was one of it dropping on something, but you know, (laughs) that's kind (laughs) of a war crime. So, (laughs) but um, honestly. Yeah, I love this record. They do get a little bit more groovy here, but I think it works really well for most of the songs. Like Mary Jane's, just as heavy as anything on the first two. It's just not balls to the wall speed like uh, Rattlehead or um, Mechanics. Uh, mechanics. There was another song I was thinking. Oh, Bad Omen from P Cells. That's a really good example too. But. Um, You know, I'm not a big fan of the cover song here, but that's really the only song I'd get rid of.
3: (laughs) I think most people would. Yeah. I think even.
0: uh... But it was a hit? Yeah, it was a hit. And no, they they actually did not want to do Anarchy in the UK at first. They wanted to do Problems, but Johnny Rotten wouldn't let them, so they settled for Anarchy in the UK.
3: And Johnny Rotten actually was quoted as hating their cover of.
0: Of, because uh, because Dave messes up a couple of the lyrics yeah, because right. he had to do it by ear because Johnny Rotten wouldn't give him a lyric sheet and <laughs> did do ironically I think Rotten called him vulgar because he says cunts instead of what the actual line is mm, yeah.
2: yeah
0: well s- I, I I will, I, I, will I, I will
1: I will say that I, oh, sc- excuse me Lou but I will say no, that I, the one it, if I'm going to say anything positive about that track, and and it is the stinker on the album beyond a doubt, it's that if anybody could sing that song, rightfully so, I think Mustaine's voice is perfect for that song. He's got oh, that definitely. pissed off snare that's perfect for that track.
3: Wait a minute. Did we forget about Anarchy and Bedrock by Green Jello? I'm a fan of guys. I like that one. That's a name yeah. I haven't
1: heard in a long time.
0: Green Jello. Yeah, oh, yeah. I I you very know. vaguely remember <laughs> that song. I mean, God, I remember that. You're talking twenty years ago, man. <laughs> yeah. okay. thirty, uh, but who's counting? Twenty ago. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't really a big Green Jello fan. I like I like some of the stuff, but I got to be in a real specific mood to listen to that, but. I, I think they're more you.
1: famous for being sued, sued by more famous for being sued by Jello than anything else. I think honest. so.
3: Yeah, yeah probably.
2: <laughs> they're still around today. But uh, Lou, yes, sir. You, your turn.
3: So with this album, you definitely hear a drastic change from the first two because the first two, as I said, you had Poland and Samuelson who definitely brought in their fusion background and combined that with Mustaine you had two albums that were completely devastating and set the pace for what a lot of the thrash that came after it, uh, you know, what it became. I personally don't think that it would have had, it would have been as effective if you didn't have the original lineup of Mustaine, Ellison, Poland, and Samuelson. Now with this album, I say it's a drastic change because from what I recall, uh, Jeff Young and Chuck Baylor, they didn't have that similar musical background as uh Chris and Gar. And I wouldn't so much as call it a Mustaine solo album, but it kind of almost feel like it does, but it's packaged as Megadeth, and you can you can definitely hear from songs like Set the World on Fire. Um, in My Darkest Hour, Liar, that this is a Megadeth album, and Mustaine, with this with this album, took the band, he took the bull by the horns, and set the pace for what was to come. Um, having, in my opinion, uh, Friedman and Menza joining the band after this album, definitely it was for me it's the reason why megadeth became a household name but uh you know it's important for me to always look at the back catalog of the band and see where it came from and this was a in my opinion a great a great example of what was to come and it's almost like it wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for uh poland and samuelson getting fired from the band and unfortunately but again the question reminds what the hell ever happened to chuck Beeler? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> That's a good question. I mean his drumming on the album is really good. It is. He's a
3: pretty good drummer. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean the at the time sound, you know, the drum
1: sound on the album, not so good.
3: Right. But, and uh, the thing about the, bit the thing weird. about Jeff Young the thing about Jeff Young is like you could definitely hear the difference between his solo style and uh Mustaine's solo style. I mean, uh, Young definitely relies on a lot more pentatonic scales, which you're for, if you're a Megadeth guitar player, you don't only rely on pentatonic scales, which is why he was definitely like the odd man out of the band. I mean, uh, you know, look wise, you could see that he fit. Playing style, mm, no. Not I in was my He's
1: like kind of a pretty boy for that band.
3: Mm-hmm. To be honest. I mm-hmm. thought he looked like he
1: belonged in a clan band or something, to be honest with you.
3: <laughs> probably where they got him from. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know enough about Jeff Young at all to have an opinion. But it's sorry, just...
1: Jeff. Sorry, Jeff.
3: I'm not sorry, Jeff. If you, look at, the,
0: if you look at their just... pictures on the back cover, he's the only one that doesn't look strung out, though. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: By the end, by the end of the tour, that wasn't exactly true. I don't
0: think. <laughs> no, but I'm pretty sure that was taken at the beginnings. So. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah.
3: I mean, Mustaine. I don't know. Like, he definitely has uh, not nice words for him and Poland, but more young it seems. Yeah.
2: Very strange. Well,
1: what? Well liars about Poland? Yeah. Oh, oh, is that a yeah.
3: fact? Oh, yeah. 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 That's about
1: pulling, stealing equipment and stuff to, for his to, his
0: drug habit, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Which,
0: I actually, a lot of people seem to hate that song, but even though it's just an angry tirade against Chris, I love it. That's yeah. what I like about it. So, <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh-huh. Yeah.
2: And Lou, for you, I, I did buy this at The Wiz. I bought the cassette at the Wiz. I, I know I did. I'm 100% sure. My grandfather took me there, and I bought the cassette. And uh, like you, Lou, I started with Rust in Peace. And that was, you know, the, my beginning of Megadeth. And then I worked my way backwards. And this was the next album I listened to. And I was kind of disappointed when I first heard it, because it didn't sound like Rust in Peace. You know, it didn't have the energy. It didn't have the uh, the speed of this, you know, of Rust in Peace did. And even the, the playing with the band just wasn't uh, as good, you know. Mm-hmm. and then when i went back and listened to um uh peace cells and then the first album uh killing is my business those two albums just you know they blew me away and i, I love those two albums they, mm-hmm. they beat this album by far <clears throat> um but you guys all love into the lungs of hell eh, i really don't care for it and set the
3: world on fire i don't even care for that song either. well what? again this is kind of what yeah to, I, to piggyback on what you say you don't care for instrumental tracks so that's probably exactly. why
2: that's yeah and then, but, he, but it also he said seems still the
0: world of fire, too." I mean, how yeah, can I don't really you not listen. love that song? I
2: just don't. I just never did. And and yes, well, I,
1: the ink spots, man, A crooning, nineteen forties
2: <laughs> crooning.
3: Come on. I mean, that song is still in their set list for the most part, right? Isn't yeah. "Set the World of Fire" still in the set yeah. list? Uh-huh. Oh, so yeah. Yeah, there you go. It stood the test of time.
2: But I always thought it was silly to start the album off with an instrumental. It just was weird to me. I don't know.
3: We Whatever. just covered Corner, and you're saying that? Really? <laughs> they didn't start
2: their albums off with an instrumental.
3: Greg, he's fired. Yeah, he is.
2: Good. I am
0: i don't want to do this shit. No, man. they don't always start <laughs> albums off <with> <laughs> oh, but.
2: They don't. But, um, you know, I, the, the album grew on me. Uh, what the hell is it going to... I actually did like Anarchy in the UK. I don't like it so much now. Figures. But I I don't have a problem with it like you guys do for some reason. I don't know why.
3: Problems was a better uh, uh, Pistols cover by Megadeth. I didn't like that one. That that song in general
0: (laughs) is just a better song. Honestly, I don't really like Anarchy in the UK as a song. I mean, Dave's voice sounds good on it, but uh, Problems, just the way the song itself is written, fits Mm -hmm. Megadeth better than Anarchy does yeah and the other thing with the drum sound and what actually
2: the only good thing i got out of the remix and remaster because it does give you like a history of the album uh the reason why the drum sounds so weird is because they had the drummer play just the drums on their own after he was done recording drums he went back and did all the cymbal hits
0: Mm -hmm. yeah
2: and that sounds totally stupid you know and you can tell that there's something wrong with the way the symbols are from the drums
0: a syncopation issue it's, or... yeah it's But it, um it really sticks out on hook and mouth yeah yes it's yeah album, really. it's just
2: a <laughs> weird way to record anything but the re- reason why they did that is i guess because they wanted to get the cleanest sound they could out of the drums without any symbol bleed and that way if they had to patch anything together then it was easier but totally backwards way to do things you know just play it right the first time <laughs> but
3: not uh, many can
2: no, not many can. Shit! It took me four years to get uh, eight songs down. I mean, that's terrible. So I know the feeling. <laughs> uh, Mary Jane's an awesome song. I mean, that's uh, a classic. Make of that song for me. 502 two is really cool. The fucking thing I hate on the remix version—the part where they have the car crash—they mm-hmm. totally kill it on the remix version. Do they? I totally I kill it. Oh, it's it's terrible. On this version, you hear the explosion. You hear the glass, you know, yeah. shattering and everything on that one. It's just like, there's none of it. It's just gone. It got rid weird. of it. It's terrible. Uh, and In My Darkest Hour, one of the top, top favorite Megadeth songs of all time. Oh, yeah. And then we discussed Liar. That one was okay. And Hook and Mouth is a, a re- really great ending for mm-hmm. for this album. Uh, just in general, anyhow, really. And I just think it's funny. I'm not a fish, I'm a man. Uh, Hook and Mouth It's kind of <laughs> weird line well, to end the album on. The
1: anti-PMRC I, stuff was so relevant, too. Yeah, Three, it was. three, yep. three years late, I
3: think. But <laughs> <laughs> at, at least we know well, with, um, uh, most of Dave's political leanings, at least it does kind of fall on the right side of history. Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, there's yeah. no doubt about that. Frankly, the, the five-letter acronym makes the lyrics a little long in the tooth. I think there's a way, he, a better way he could have gone about it instead of spelling out freedom and PMRC on its own, but it's right. still a kick ass song. It is. Uh,
2: uh, and the other thing I didn't like was uh, the uh, album artwork. I thought. I love Vic, the artwork. Vic looked work. kind of stupid being like a real thing. I don't know.
3: Well, yeah, Actually, um, that's that's the first Megadeth album I ever remember seeing oh. and thinking it looked pretty awesome because my brother had the cassette. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I didn't discover it until after I discovered Rusty Piece. So that was around 93. Four. I saw it in his uh, cassette collection. So, yeah,
2: well, the three of you wear glasses. I don't. So obviously, I see things correctly.
1: I just wear them for looks. I can't see them <laughs> with them. On, so. Oh, but, um, it's yeah. just to hide the length of my nose. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I can't think of a better. I, I can't think of a better comment than that for myself. So. Yeah, he wins. Yeah. It's to make my five head look bigger because it's not a say, forehead.
2: If Luke could put them on his forehead, it would be all right. Uh, what? because uh, <laughs> hey, hey,
0: hey. I do love this together. album, and even though I love Rust and Peace, I actually like this one better than Rust and Peace. But um, originally when I said when I first heard this, it took even though i liked it it took me a little bit to get into it mm. it doesn't disappoint me but the fact that there weren't any like time changes or any crazy yeah. fusion shit like they yeah. had done on the first one it was a it was a different change of pace with how straightforward this was and i wasn't expecting that at no. the time i think it was, it was too
2: soon to yeah. to go to that extreme
0: i think in a way you know no but it it does work excellent on its own but i can right. see how people have a hard time with it given what surrounds it because it really does stand completely on its own mm-hmm. yeah. my, my biggest
1: critique outside of the anarchy track which i think is ill-fitting and a poor choice because if you really think about it it's a pretty short album it's uh, mm-hmm. the brevity it's it's pretty brief and if you throw in the fact that one of the tracks included is a cover song I mean it's a pretty lazy album. Now they of course they were all too stoned. I mean Dave, Dave was nato- was probably at his worst uh moments when it came to his heroin addiction. So they're probably not paying a lot of attention to what's going on a lot of the time and, and writing music, you know what I mean? But uh, but outside of that I did have a problem with the the sequencing. Because if you really think about it, I mean, side one, okay, now outside of your opinion now, Wayne, but I mean, it starts off spectacularly as far as I'm concerned. It doesn't get much better than that beginning. And then you go automatically into the cover song. And then then it kicks into Mary Jane, which is a, a, a complete change of pace altogether. Mm-hmm. And I have a bit more of a mid thing, And then side two, then it just lights it up. I mean, side two is an incredible slab, no matter how you cut it by any by any band anywhere. I mean, that's one of the best sides I've ever heard as far as, you know, just all out quality metal. The Man. playing was spectacular. The, the sequencing's fine. It's you know it had the right the right pacing. In, in in my darkest hour falls in right where you need it and breaks up the the, the breakneck pace of the rest of that side. I, I just thought it was a, a a near perfect piece of metal. Side A, I got. Big troubles with. I'm talking about it like a record because that's how I heard it. Or yeah. like
3: Well, that's probably the way it was recorded was as a record. I mean, records were only about what thirty five minutes in length, so that's that's I, probably that, what they were. they were forty five to fifty. To 50, 50. I guess. Yeah. 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 Well, laziness.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, like Van Halen were bad for stuff like that too, putting out albums, and you know, but that didn't yeah. have a lot of time.
3: Hey, 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 that's it. Yeah, watch it perfect.
1: <laughs> but when but when this album shines, man, it shines. And the guitar work, I mean, it, like myself and uh, Greg were joking about, it kind of half-heartedly, but like I was uh, I was kind of saying like it's it's almost like it's Mustaine's Malmsteen album where it's Shank uh, or so you can certainly hear the Shanker influence in it. Yeah, sh-
0: Shanker's really a great around. example. Yeah. Actually, there, there's a lot of moments on this that remind me of uh, kind of what Michael was doing on Assault Attack. Exactly. Yeah. I think if you talk
1: to Dave, I think you might he might actually say, that. yeah, well, that was there, man. That was in my mind, you know. Because that album wasn't all that old at that time. Huh? You're only talking, what, four years? Four, four, yeah, five years. four years. So it was probably still pretty fresh in his head, you know. Speaking then, of Shanker, uh,
3: Speaking of Shanker, I just think it's funny that recently... Dave Mustaine just announced uh, a, a deal with uh, Gibson Guitars. So yeah. it's just funny how Michael Schenker went from Gibson Guitars to Dean. Dave Mustaine went from Dean to Gibson. It's yeah, like, what, yeah, how much of a Schenker fan are you there, Dave? <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they both used to play Jackson V's? Yeah. Oh,
3: yeah. yeah. Wait, a well, minute, Schenker I Schenker played mean, a Jackson V? Yeah.
0: hmm or wait, no, it might that. have been a Gibson. Yeah, I
1: thought he was... was. Shanker?
0: No, Shanker didn't. He, his was a good. Oh, Shanker played the Yeah. 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 No, I No, yeah.
1: Dave, Dave only, only. Shanker Dave had, had a sponsorship with someone else at one time. Man, you, you know, you might be right because I, I, I can swear I remember seeing a Shanker ad in a magazine somewhere, and it wasn't, and it wasn't, uh, Fen- it wasn't Gibson. Or it wasn't.
0: I know Gibson. he used someone else at one point in time, but I can't remember who it is now.
2: Yeah, that's a Michael Schenker flying V.
3: Oh yeah, he has his own custom. Yeah, his own. Oh CD. yeah,
0: yeah.
3: I think it's when Scott Ian actually has a Jackson flying V that's in the same des- the black and white design as the uh, Schenker model. I just saw be, that. I'm like, I want that.
1: You know, it might be just a ripoff guitar or something that I saw, and I'm mixing up history. Who knows? Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Could be. I
0: don't but know yeah, if we are,
1: the, are sorry but Mike the on this album run run straight through especially and I I just loved it the, the 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 breakneck soloing on this album it, where it was this, the the solo, the solos themselves uh selves sounded more composed more hmm. written if you know what I mean they they, they had a beginning and a, and a and a conclusion whereas on on the previous two albums there was a, it was a bit more of a cacophony to it a bit more of a wildness okay. a bit more of a a brutality to it that didn't exist. This one was a much more refined album when it came to the guitar solo, as I thought. And the riffs were really fun on this album. Really memorable stuff.
3: Yeah. Very interesting. Lou, anything else you want to add? It's a great album. It's a great uh, timepiece for 1987, 1988, especially when it comes to what thrash, what thrash metal was, what is becoming, and where it went. I would definitely recommend everyone to check it out and come up with their own opinion about it. It's not a bad album, like I said. Looking back on it, I remember that I wasn't a big fan, but listening to it now, you know, I misjudged it. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah.
2: It, it was always one of those, that, that album that I did not go to that often. You know, I took hmm. those two songs that I liked, Mary Jane and, uh, what the hell was the other one, uh, In My Darkest Hour, always went to those. Oh, and the other thing, too, on the remix version, they added a fucking uh, intro to that In My Darkest Hour,
3: the acoustic intro. Right, that was not on the original Pressing. Was not on the original. What? Actually, yeah.
0: wow! I'm glad I only ever heard that once. That was uh, Michael I,
1: Wagner. Re- uh, no, that's the Paul Lanny mix. I think, and Michael Wagner removed that from the re- when he mixed the album before it was released initially. I think. I think.
0: Yes, I think it was always I there. You're right. No, no. I think. I I think John's right about that. I think they removed it from the actual album, and then on that re. Remix mixed, reissued, they, re- they, the oh, they added as a bonus track. Knit. Yeah,
2: No, it's on the actual album. Oh, is it really? Yeah, it's on, it's on the part of the actual
0: know. album. Well, then they added it back in because, yeah, they, they cut it out from the
2: original press. Yeah. Yeah. And then also, too, when we were discussing in the chat, um, horns in the intro. I mean, oh. Greg, you said they were there, but you really don't hear them on the original. The album.
0: horns have always been there. and you Okay, the, the original American CD press sounds like shit. It's brick walled to hell. Mm-hmm. I am used to the Japanese one, which is how I've always had it, or hearing it's it Japanese, on vinyl, which on vinyl they're not horror anymore; anyway, They're synthesizers. Well, either, either way, case in point, it's there, you can hear it, but they bring it out way too much to way the front and make it way too obnoxious on that rematch. And it sounds like synthesizers. <sighs> it does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
3: Uh, by the way, one thing I want to add uh, to provide some context, I guess, as to where Megadeth was at this point in the career, watch the decline of Western civilization, part two, because Megadeth is one of the bands highlighted in this film, and I actually think that the music video for "In My Darkest Hour" comes from this film, oh, really? if I recall correctly. So, uh, you know, just I, kind of goes to show does. you, just kind of goes to show you the kind of headspace dave was at when you know the thing about that film that's most remembered is chris holmes drinking water out of a bottle of vodka
0: dave (laughs) dave was getting getting so high back then he actually mentioned this before when penelope approached him and shot the scenes and came to him with the idea he didn't quite realize what she was talking about he thought it was gonna be a documentary about thrash bands in the Bay Area. When he saw the finished movie, he was very pissed off <laughs> that Megadeth was on the screen with all those glam bands. <laughs> it and, it seemed
3: know. like the only one that had a good time was Ozzy making bacon and eggs in a bathrobe in the kitchen. It's just ugh. Oh, and I'm sorry, of course, Gene in the lingerie store. Yeah, the stagey stuff. Yeah. yeah. Paul- it, it was all staged, actually, most
1: of it. Most of yeah. those interviews were... Yeah, yeah.
3: Pretty, especially pretty Paul. everything in that movie is staged. Especially okay. Paul's family of Kirsten in a bed surrounded by a bevy of beautiful women. Come on, Paul. Who are you fooling?
2: <laughs> uh, Greg, anything else you want to add to this album?
0: No, just that it's great and everyone should grab it.
2: That's right. Uh, one to ten, what would you give it?
0: Oh me! Um, I'm still talking to you. Yes. So, sorry, I didn't realize. Uh, <laughs> I go eight and a half on it. I can't quite give it a nine just because it's so short and anarchy. You know, I just yeah. lose points for that. And then the production irritates me a little bit with it. But you know. interesting, John. Uh now
1: this this is this is kind of funny for me because it, it's my favorite Megadeth album, but mm-hmm. I'm giving it an eight. <laughs> I'm gonna not I'm, I'm I'm knocking off one for Anarchy, and I'm gonna knock off one for uh, the uh, brevity and the sequencing. Okay. You know, I just mm-hmm. I, I thought side I thought that side one was a complete dud. Sorry, I, even with even with the wonderful beginning.
2: What would so, you What sorry. would you switch around to make side one better?
1: I uh, will. I eliminate anarchy entirely
2: yeah
1: yeah. but see you need you need another track right yeah you need another track to fix the album you really would and i don't think any other i'd take the no more
0: mr nice guy cover even though that's okay say next lineup. yeah but i mean just a different song it wouldn't really matter what it was but i mean yeah it's tough because there isn't anything else you can add and, and to drop from that high that you start with into
1: that that more slower pace of uh, Mary Jane, I thought I thought there should have been something else there to you know balance yeah. it out a bit, something a bit more speedy. Like Side Two, like it has a perfect balance, I think.
2: Interesting. Yeah, I just grabbed the remaster just to see if there was anything extra on there, but there wasn't any other song.
3: The i the iTunes version has, I think, four <clears throat> more tracks. It's really? got. It's got the Into the Lungs of Hell, Paul Landy mix, Set the World on yeah, Fire, yeah, Paul no Landy mix, but there's Mary no, Jane and In My Darkest Hour.
2: That, yeah, there's no other extra song. You
3: know oh, I mean? right, okay. No, um, I don't think they recorded anything else. <laughs> no.
0: Well, you, you know, I mean, In My Darkest Hour and um, Set the World afire Fire date back to 1984, actually, the when fire. they started off in their original forms, you know, the, he was... He was kind of reaching for songs at this point because of where he was at personally with losing, the, you know, half of the original lineup and just not being in a good spot. So. For given what was going on there, I think he actually did a pretty damn good job song wise with filling out the album, but with having such little material to work with, how can you really sequence it to make it better? You kind of can't. A little tough.
2: Very true, Lou. What would you give this album? One- seven. Wow.
3: That's and cool. that's higher and, than and, I th- 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 thought he was going to say. And and and, that, and that's for the seven songs on the album that I do like. And
1: <laughs>
3: you know, I take away two points because I just couldn't take the production on the remaster. I just. I, uh... Yeah, you, got, you really have to listen to the original one. Don't nobody listen to the remaster, please. Or,
2: or remix yeah. it. It's really cool. Well,
3: unfortunately, that's all that's available on iTunes.
2: I know, and that's stupid. I, it's really stupid. They should give people the choice because now it's just like that's set in stone. Now this is the only one you can listen to. I hate that. And
3: I and I don't know if that's by design from Mustaine himself or from Capitol, but yeah. You know. the, the The well, drum sounds
2: bad on the original. It's even worse on the remix.
0: <laughs> uh, initially when he did that pulled that bullshit in 2004 that was i believe the original plan was to take the originals completely out of print forever and replace it with that shit but i mean all of them have something wrong with them so far so good is the worst one but killing is my business has stuff i don't like that they did peace sells has a couple things that really pisses me off Rust in Peace, they change whole parts Too to much. different takes of yeah. songs. If... I don't want
1: to hear it. I haven't heard yeah. it. I don't want to no. hear it. I don't no. want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. The only thing I could say is that one does sound really the sound, overall sound of it, it sounds really good. The drums sound awesome on that. But the the things that they changed, it just it's terrible.
0: I mean, for someone first going in and just hearing that, and that was the only version of Rust they ever heard, it probably wouldn't bother them as much. But them, like, alternate guitar takes and shit really drive me nuts because it's not
3: supposed to sound like that.
0: Nope, no. (laughs) It throws you off.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I really hate this revisionist shit that people try to do with remasters and remixes. It's like, you know, just leave them as they were. Or if you're going to change them, then I agree with Greg. Give them the option of which version they want to buy. Yeah. Yeah, I've
1: heard I've heard remasters where there was a lot of low uh, low end that was added that was that was necessary, I thought, and re- improve the sound on them. Uh, other than that, when it comes to remasters, you know, mm-hmm. very, very rarely did they succeed for me. I mean, uh,
0: making them louder. <laughs> yeah. Um, one they that actually just came out that they did a great job with is they just went back and remastered uh, uh, yeah, Hollows Eve's first album, Tales of Terror, from the original tapes, and it sounds great. They fixed the low end; it doesn't sound as thin as it used to, and they fixed all the dropouts because they actually went back to the original reels and repressed it. So sometimes. They do great with them. But when they get into remixing stuff, even as much as I love the guy, when Zappa pulled that bullshit in the late 80s with re recording a bunch of the original parts with uh, shit off of his Synclavier, God, that upset me. But... Hmm. There's only <laughs> now, two, two bands that what? Now both versions of those are in print, so Megadeth should follow suit. <laughs>
2: exactly. But only two bands I've heard remixes from that actually sounded good is uh, Iced Earth. And uh, Halloween,
1: ah, oh, the first it. Iced Earth album. Yeah,
2: that one they did a really good job on that remix. Yeah, album. Hmm. but uh, otherwise, I mean, maybe Blind Guardian had maybe one or two albums that I think they did a, a decent remix on. But most of the time, remixes just do, do not work. And I'm going to kind of almost agree with Lou. I'm going to do seven and a half on this album because it does have that nostalgic feel to me, and I do like the album. It's just uh, this. I just don't like how it starts and a couple of weird things, but for the most part I like the album. So it's, it's definitely a, uh, it's a grower. Yeah, it's definitely a grower, Grower, but uh, it, interestingly
1: enough, while it's my favorite album, I'd actually give the next two albums, probably perfect scores. <laughs> really?
2: <Even laughs> yeah, you are a weird person. Yeah, interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah. I would. I think that's a fantastic album, especially when you consider the, the, like, They've Mustaine accomplished what he set out to do. He wanted to conquer the thrash world, and that's when that's the album that he finally did it with. That's the one that took him to the top. While while Metallica were off diddling around making Load and Reload, (laughs) (laughs) he he was taking he was kicking ass and taking numbers with Countdown. I mean, come on, Mm -hmm. he pulled he pulled off what he wanted to do. So you got to respect the man. And the album is a fine piece of.
0: that's a good album, at some point. but uh, for me, the first one with some filler. It should have been shorter,
3: but that was the beginning of the CD age. So, right. right. i I do want to give some love for one remaster that came out recently. That actually sounds amazing, and that's the uh, Black Sabbath Volume Four Super Deluxe. That actually sounds really good, and Stephen Wilson did a really good job remixing the songs on that. Uh, it, it It worked, you know. Uh, Personally, I love the original Sabbath records. the the grittiness, the 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 muddiness. You know, again, it's perfect in its imperfections. But the remaster, I I'd give it a listen. I'd recommend it.
1: I have my surround system dismantled at the moment, but some of Wilson's surround mixes that that he's done over the last amazing. yeah, fifteen years or so, man, he's put out some incredible stuff amazing i I love the surround mixes because
3: he's a he's a fan of music and he's a fan of good sounds so you know guys like him are what more of the music industry needs Mm. Mm -hmm. speaking
2: of remasters uh i just got this in the mail the other day wild ride go check it out uh mick Mick Wat. oh my god mick Mick, thank you mick watkins uh This is his band Wild Ride. Starts with a W Y L D R Y D E. Not spelled the normal way, but go check it out at their Bandcamp and uh, also add him on YouTube. He's got a YouTube channel, reviewing mm-hmm. uh, albums. Very cool guy. And Lou, where can we find you and your show?
3: Well, you can find me weekly on the Rad Review, and you could also find my podcast, Music Is Life podcast, on YouTube and wherever you can find your fine available podcasts, iTunes. Uh, amazon apparently now we're on pandora yeah. i'm not going to repeat the joke that i used on the show because it's dead by now and hopefully <laughs> and hopefully so is trap by the time this episode airs <laughs> and that's all just happy to be here on a weekly basis with mr noon mr Noggle, and as always mr john pleasure sir, Thanks, sir. yes we enjoy having you
2: and uh, john welcome back to the show by the way you're gonna you're gonna find me here for now, but
1: I do have some other things in the works. Actually, I'm I'm, I'm in discussions with a couple other individuals about some things uh, that are being done uh, for YouTube. So we'll see. We'll see if I've, I'll be popping up in other places. Oh, very cool. But right, but right now, I'm your exclusive. You, you got me, guys. <laughs> I'm yours.
3: Well, I'm just, damn. Just want to well, say to all you guys, Wayne. I've had you on the show before, and it's always been a blast. And you know, open invitation for each and every one of you to be on the Music Is Live podcast as well. Anytime, man. Cool. Yeah, just let just me get, know. Just
1: right, let cool. me know what you like to do, and i and it's on like Dokecom. Maybe,
3: maybe when Greg comes up to the east uh, East Coast again, he can uh, look at my CD collection and laugh at me. That would be great entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> I just I like start a boxing. run and
0: just go right to John in Canada. <laughs> yeah,
1: why not? You, you gotta, you gotta come way north. I'm not that far away from the tundra, man. Yeah, I know you're not. It would
0: be a long fucking trip, but it yeah, would be entertaining. So
1: it was only minus thirty-seven today, and snowing at the same time. Uh, <laughs> thank
2: God.
3: Well, a, a pint of Molson in your honor, my friend. Cheers. Uh, hey, uh,
1: thank you. <laughs> Cheers, Batgadget. You enjoy that, Molson. Best beer in the world, Canadian beer. You Molson know
3: Triple X fucks you up real oh, badly. Man. That's almost it.
1: Anything with a black label, I stay away from. I don't drink it all, but if it has a black label, I tend to stay away from
3: it. <laughs> I, I, I run to it. I run to it.
2: Uh, all right. Well, uh, please go visit com. Check out Lou's show. Check out all the other shows that we have. Uh, right Opinion, Old Man Metal. Uh, Vera Vault uh, Beyond Bushido Am I forgetting anything else? Uh, suck my balls Suck, suck my, my balls. balls That's right And you can all suck my balls At ratsoutreview.com And find us on Spotify, Stitcher And also add us on Facebook And Twitter And Instagram And we will see you next time
3: Hold on, hold on, hold on What about John dropping his uh... Oh, Message board?
1: Oh, the My message. balls.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> drop your balls. He's, he's John, like, really, keep his your balls. balls a long time
1: time. Well, I didn't realize it was
0: New Year's <laughs> Eve. <laughs> I, I have
1: I have a message board in in on Facebook called Circle of Hands. It's a, just a little private group. But if anybody sees this, and would like to check it out, just it's a random. Do whatever the heck you want, whenever the heck you yeah. want. It's
3: it's it's no rules.
0: Send so us uh, a message at Rats Out Review, and we'll make sure you get an invite. Exactly. Uh, there you go.
3: Well, there's only one cardinal rule that we could all agree on. Don't be a dick. That's it.
0: Well, that's it, right? And no
3: fucking Sammy Hagar video. Oh, amen to that. (laughs) 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 Wayne, cut the show. show, I'm trying. I'm
2: trying. I'm trying. If you want us to do any kind of uh, album, write it in the comments and let us know what you want to do. Let us know what you think of the show. (laughs) And we will see you guys next time on Screams from the Grave. Beast. We're going